Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how smartphones hurt your mental performance even when they're off, how babies and adults laugh differently, and a simple change you can make to your laundry routine to cut down on pollution. Let's save the environment. And also, let's satisfy some curiosity. I'm about to give you a major reason to stop keeping your phone around you all the time. Smartphones dull your mental performance even when they're off. I'll say that again. Your smartphone takes a cognitive toll just by being in the room with you. It doesn't even need to be powered on to do it. For a 2017 study, researchers from the University of Texas at Austin had more than 400 undergraduate students take a series of tests. The tests were designed to measure their cognitive capacity, and the students either kept their phones in their pocket, face down on their desk, or in another room. And the students with their phones in another room performed significantly better than those with their phones near them. The researchers did the same experiment again, but this time, half of the participants turned off their phones. But there was no difference in performance between having a phone turned on and turned off. Just the presence of it was enough to fog their brains. Okay, but we all know smartphones are a little addictive, right? So it might seem pretty daunting to just stop keeping your phone on you, right? To help with that, experts recommend a few different ways to cut back and give yourself a little digital detox. First, set boundaries around when you use your phone. Make a rule that you don't check your phone when you're in bed or you don't bring your phone to the dinner table. Second, shut off all your notification sounds. When you do that, you get to check your phone when you want to, not when your phone tells you to. And finally, test yourself. See how long you can go without your phone. Can you get through an hour-long TV show? A trip to the grocery store? A full day at work? The more you try, the more you may find that you're not as lost without it as you thought. I've noticed a major difference in my life when I don't have my phone on me. When I get home now, I stick my phone in my bedroom and then I go out in the living room and talk to my wife and actually spend time with her. And like legit, if the phone is even like, if I just throw it on the couch and it's in the same room, I notice I'm not as present. It's really bad. One other major pro tip that you can definitely implement, Ashley, because we both have Pixel phones, is do not disturb mode. Yeah, I always just end up turning it off. Like That's I, good, too. No, turning off the do not disturb mode. Oh, really? Because I have it set to go on at like 10 p.m. And then I'll just pick it up and turn it off and be like, oh, what else is, what notifications have I missed oh. while it told me to stop looking at notifications? See, when I go out with friends and I put on do not disturb mode, then let's say you're having that conversation with friends and the inevitable topic of something comes up and you're like, what was that actor's name again? Or what was that thing that happened? And then you end up pulling out your phone to search online to look for a fact, right? Well, then when you do that, you look at your phone and all of a sudden you have a Twitter notification or you have text messages and then you just fall down this rabbit hole and then you put your phone away and you don't even remember why you took it out in the first place. But when do not disturb mode is on, you can pull it out, you can hop on Google, search for the thing, find it, and then you're done. And you're not worried about all these random texts. You've also uninstalled all social media apps from your phone, haven't you? Yes. That's so smart. I turned off all notifications. Even even silent notifications don't happen for me with any social media apps. But taking them off your phone entirely, that's, that's challenging. But <laughs> I commend you for it. It's just a thing. <laughs> Baby laughter is obviously cuter than adult laughter. But it's not just because babies are cuter to look at. New research shows that babies and adults actually laugh differently. 
Adults laugh mostly on the exhale, which is why when you laugh really hard, you might gasp for air. But babies laugh on the inhale and the exhale, which is more like how primates laugh. You could call it a less evolved approach. These findings come from a research team based in the Netherlands that started by rounding up online footage of 44 laughing babies who were between 3 and 18 months old. Not the worst job in the world. They had a group of more than 100 students evaluate each clip to figure out how the laughter lined up with the baby's breathing. And the students found that the younger infants laughed on the inhale and exhale, but as kids got older, they laughed on the inhale less and less. So here's an example of a baby laughing on the inhale and the exhale. And here's an older one. And for us adults, it's really hard to laugh on the inhale. I mean, try it, Ashley. <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't think I can force my laughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all on the exhale. Yeah, there's nothing. I can't do it. I can't do it. And here's something kind of interesting. There's no clear reason why how we laugh changes with age. The researchers say it could be that our laughter has something to do with what we're laughing at. Babies laugh more at physical humor, like tickling and peekaboo, while adults laugh more about social norms and cultural taboos. It could also be that we gain more vocal control as we age. So now researchers plan to look into how babies breathe while they make other sounds to find out whether this phenomenon is specific to laughter. For now, though, we should probably all stay humble. I mean, we used to laugh like monkeys. Not that there's anything wrong with monkeys for the primatologists listening. No. I know you're out there. Today's episode is sponsored by Paint Your Life. When I heard that at PaintYourLife.com you could have an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from a photo, I thought, that's pretty awesome. It must be really expensive. And yet, it was not. In fact, I officiated my brother's wedding last weekend, and I wanted to give him something special. So I had a picture of him and his now wife painted by a world-class artist from a photo, and I got it framed and matted, and I gave it to him. It's pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And if you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. You can have an original painting of yourself, your children, family, a special place, or a cherished pet at a price you can afford from PaintYourLife.com. It makes the perfect gift for birthdays and anniversaries, or just send an artist that baby photo so you can immortalize the time when your children were so young they laughed on the inhale. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 30% off your painting. That's right, 30% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word CURIOUS to 484848. That's CURIOUS to 484848. Text C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 484848. Message and data rates may apply. When it comes to polluting our oceans, it's plastics like straws and shopping bags that have captured headlines. But most of the plastic found in the ocean is actually super small, under 5 millimeters. Some of it you can't even see with the naked eye. And a massive one-third of that plastic comes from your laundry. That's right. Thousands of tiny microplastics are released from fabric every time you wash a load. Now, new research published in Environmental Science and Technology sheds light on how we can cut down on that laundry day pollution. While it was previously thought that the washing machine's agitation was the main cause of clothes shedding fiber, the new study found that the culprit actually comes down to the volume of water used during a wash cycle. 
And get this, delicate cycles do the most harm. Of course, you'd hope that the machines would filter the microplastics, but most don't have filters or the filters aren't fine enough to catch those tiny particles. Even treatment plants can't catch them all, which is why they end up in the ocean. So how do you fix this? Well, how about wearing only natural fabrics like cotton? After all, it's only synthetic fabrics that are forms of plastic, right? Well, they carry other environmental costs, like requiring large volumes of water to produce. Materials company Primaloft is working on making biodegradable fabric by simply adding sugar to the fibers, which encourages microbes in the ocean to feed on them. But it's better to stop microplastics from reaching the ocean in the first place. A filter in development by a team at the University of Exeter traps about 75% of these particles and breaks them down using genetically modified enzymes. So hopefully, we'll have better solutions soon. Until that happens, try skipping the delicate cycle and using a high-efficiency washing machine. The oceans will thank you. Okay, so why did we love today's episode? Well, I love the research that goes into how smartphones being near you, even when they're off, can mess with your mental performance. I have definitely felt this. This is so validating. And now I have one more reason to put my phone in the next room or on do not disturb mode or leave it home if I go out on a date. It's great. Yeah, I just got to work harder at that for sure. I was also really happy to learn that there's a reason that babies' laughs are so magical. They just sound, they sound unlike any other sound you hear. And it's because they laugh on the inhale as well as the exhale. And it's always nice to learn about little things you can do to help the environment. And if I just can't wash clothes on the delicate cycle anymore, maybe I'll switch to hand washing. And that's nice. The oceans will thank us. And remember, every little bit helps. Never feel like little changes you make aren't enough, because they totally are. Yeah, you don't have to save the world. Just baby steps is all you need. Yeah. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Mae Rice, and Steffi Drucker, and edited by Ashley Hamer, our managing editor. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. This episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>